And we have explosion. Yours has exploded as well, kind of. Mine's dribbling. It's going at the end of the trip. <laughs> right, then we're going to come back after cleaning up the... Oh, all that wasted beer gas. It wasn't that much, thankfully. It wasn't that much, but it's still wasted beer. Mm. So this it, is my point. It did provide a bit of excitement at the start of the podcast, though. Do you, do you like... Uh, <laughs> excitement? Excitement, gushing, beer, things exploding. I like exploding, gushing things. This is what I'm saying. That's it, let's move on. It's beer o'clock, eventually, and time for drunken time travel. <coughs> on my left is a man who is sitting on my left, Irish Gav. And on my right, a man who completely forgot to do an introduction, it's English Gav. Hello. If you want to contact us about this show or anything else, ask us about exploding beer, then you can on drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. At drunktimetravel on the Twitter sphere. Or or Facebook. Yes. Facebook. Anywhere on Facebook. (laughs) We we are all over the Facebook. Yeah. Just just put in drunkentimetravel on Facebook. Doesn't take a lot of intelligence. And what is our official tedious link beer this week? Well, our official exploding tedious link beer of the week is uh, Cooper's Original Pale Ale. And we'll tell you all about that later in the show. Later, yes. So, moving on, uh, so please, Mr. Synopsis. So, this, so this time we're doing the story called Enemy of the World. Ah. It's dripping onto your like, leg and stuff. I don't care. Okay. Let it drip. Yes, Enemy of the World, in which the Doctor, played by Patrick Shotton, plays another character. He plays the enemy of the... Uh, Daleks? The enemy of the Daleks, no. He plays the enemy of the episode. He does, indeed. If you like. The, the villain of the piece. And also the hero of the piece. But we'll go into that later on. So won't you furnish us with the details? I will indeed, since you said so nicely. Epistory 1. Struth! The TARDIS arrives in Australian beach and the Doctor, Jamie and Victoria have fun at the seaside. Well, until they're shot by men in a hovercraft. But don't worry, they're rescued by a woman in the helicopter. Well, that's the budget for the rest of the classic series gone then. The helicopter woman, Astrid, takes them to her commander, Giles Kent. It seems the doctor looks like Salamander, a man who wants to be world dictator. At Kent's office, they see Salamander on TV, a man with Gav's Bond villain accent. Salamander is using sun-catching satellites to help crops in areas where natural disasters have affected the areas. That's, that's, that's not very villainous at all. Kent explains that, despite seeming good, Salamander is in fact evil. Kent was deputy security leader before being disgraced and forced out by Salamander. The only person high up who is still allied with Kent is Dinesh, controller of Europe. Kent is unsure as he wants... Kent and Astrid want the doctor to pose as Salamander to bring him down, although it may cost him his life, so that's not a big problem. The doctor, though, is unsure and wants proof first. Donald Bruce, who is in league with Salamander, turns up at Kent's place, and uh, Kent apparently called him anonymously so that the Doctor would have little choice but to pose as Salamander. 
The DTT moral of this epistory is imitation isn't always the sincerest form of flattery. Epistory 2. Bruce doesn't understand why Salamander is with Kent, a man who is known to despise. Has he never had an office job? Salamander Doctor says he doesn't need to explain himself to Bruce. Eventually he leaves and the Doctor, Jamie and Victoria agree to help, though they're not completely won over. After Bruce checks with Salamander's deputy, Benek, it seems that Salamander should be in Europe. I know the feeling. Anyway, Salamander is meeting with Dennis there, trying to explain that the Hungarian volcanoes will erupt soon, though he's sceptical. Jamie then pretends to save Salamander's life, and thusly is hired as his personal bodyguard, because that is totally how things happen. It's how I got my office job. Victoria is also hired on the back of that to be his chef, despite being rubbish. Before the story is over, 4,000 people are hired in prosperity for all. Dennis, deputy for Federin, quickly agrees to killing Dennis after he's blackmailed by Salamander, so he'll move up in rank. Then Salamander's predictions come true and volcanoes are up. What are the odds? Dennis blames Salamander, who has him arrested, for treachery. DTT moral for this epistory, there are totally volcanoes in Hungary. Epistory 3... Salamander gives Federin some poison to take care of Danish. Bruce, surprised to see Jamie again, tries to get information from him, but Jamie's mouth remains as closed as his wallet. The cook is singularly unimpressed with Victoria. Well, he'd have to join a queue then, but mainly it's her cooking this time. Afterwards, she's told to, to escape by Faria, Salamander's assistant. Thank Kent and the Doctor holiday in a caravan, no really, near one of Salamander's research stations. Kent thinks Salamander is making the disasters. Benick turns up and the Doctor hides while Benick's guard smashes up the caravan crockery. Lao shown. Victoria is delivering food to Dennis in the corridor when Federin arrives. He distracts her so that he can poison the food, but can't bring himself to. He makes the mistake of telling Salamander who kills him. An escape attempt is made for Dennis, but fails as he is shot. Jamie and Victoria are captured and a light bulb appears above Bruce's head as he realises someone is pretending to be Salamander. The moral for this one is, if you're going to use a hovercraft and helicopter in the first episode, be prepared to use a caravan a lot for the rest. Epistory 4 Astrid meets with Faria who shows her information to incriminate Salamander. The Doctor sees the evidence but feels it's still not enough. Though Salamander next to a murdered body with 13 witnesses that saw him stab the victim and for Salamander to say, I'm glad I killed the bastard, still wouldn't be enough. The Doctor says he'll impersonate him to get Jamie and Victoria, but he refuses to kill him. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Salamander. However, Benick and his men arrive, Faria is killed, and the information recovered. The Doctor, Astrid, and Kent escape. Salamander locks himself in the records room, where he gets in a small lift and descends underground in true Bond villain fashion. There are people down there who've been there for five years, and he's convinced them that the nuclear war has happened. It is these people who have been making the disasters happen for him. Because what else have you got to do without DVD box sets? While in Caravan Central, with the Doctor preparing, Bruce arrives. The moral of this one, living miles under the surface of the planet makes you gullible. Epistory 5 They convince Bruce that Salamander warrants investigation, and he agrees to take him into the research station. Meanwhile, downstairs, Swan, their leader, finds a bit of newspaper from upstairs that speaks of a holiday liner indicating everything is fine. He confronts Salamander, who tries to wriggle out of it, 
but Swan still wants to see for himself. Salamander agrees. Benick tries to interrogate Jamie and Victoria with the result you'd expect. However, he's interrupted by Dr. Salamander and Bruce. The Doctor pretends to be Salamander until Victoria hits him, deciding that being a bastard wasn't worth it. Astrid, while sneaking into the base, finds Swan assaulted and dying nearby. Salamander did it like no one saw that coming. The moral of that story is, when with your friends, don't pretend to be a dictator or they'll hit you. Epistory 6 Astrid agrees to freeing the underground people before Swan dies. If only she'd left it a few seconds. She finds them and explains the situation, but it takes a while for them to agree. They're not the quickest, you see. When upstairs, they find the Doctor and Kent. It seems Kent is the one who took them below in the first place, and then he and Salamander are allies. Holy twist! Where does Kent go next? Well, if you guess caves, then you win. The Doctor follows to find him and Salamander. Kent and Salamander meet, but Kent is shot by him. Back at the TARDIS, the companions wait for the Doctor who arrives, but is acting strangely. Well, more strangely. Then the real Doctor arrives. Salamander, for it was he, dematerializes the TARDIS with the doors open. As a result, he is sucked into the vortex where he's no trouble at all. The Doctor, Jamie and Victoria hang on to the console. The moral of that story is, no matter how crap your life is, take comfort in the fact you aren't floating around in the vortex. So that's that story. Yeah. <coughs> and a good story it was. So let's talk about the helicopter woman, or Astrid as she's known, not the Astrid from uh, Space from, Titanic from episode. What? From the Space Titanic. Oh, the, the latest new series one, yes. The, the one with, yes. with Kylie Minogue. Yes, she yeah. was called Astrid. Yes. She was called Astrid, because a lot of people thought, oh, that's an anagram of TARDIS. I wonder, uh, I wonder, is she really the TARDIS in disguise? But no, that would be stupid. That would be very stupid. So, Astrid. Yes, when she was talking on the uh, comms. Don't know what that I'm not even <laughs> looking at you. Although you have every right. Yes, when she was talking on the uh, comms. To, I can't remember who it was. Danish? No, it was Giles Kent. Was it Giles Kent? Yes. Yes, it was... Uh, because that was the, yeah. The, they were having trouble getting through, and she was saying it's these spots, and uh, she's going, oh, she's having spot trouble again. It just, it amused me. It amused me that it she was having amused. spot trouble. Yes. <laughs> did you imagine her with having zits and things? Yes. I did. I did amuse myself with that thought. Did Did she not try oxytan or something like that? Obviously not. Yeah. This is the problem. I don't know how that would quite get in the way of uh, being able to communicate. What, Oxytan or, or Zits? Oxytan and Zits. Maybe it interferes with... Well, if she was drinking Oxytan at the time, it might uh, invade her ability to communicate. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to communicate if I were drinking Oxytan. Yeah. I'd probably... And maybe, she had so, maybe she had so many Zits that uh, it covered her mouth or something. Maybe. Mm. This is why. This is the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Is that was that why? Is that what sunspots are? Is that like is the sun going through puberty? Quite possibly. Every every eleven years or so, go so puberty. So it's like Pon Far then in Star Trek. Do they do it every eleven years? They do it every. Yeah. I think it's every seven years. Uh, Vulcans have to have sex. So that's a few up on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They have to have it every seven <coughs> years, but I'm mm. presuming that's when they get to puberty. It, you know, it wouldn't be from birth, because that would be a bit weird. No. Just every seven years from puberty onwards. Yeah. It wouldn't, you know, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would just involve registers and things. <laughs> I'd like to see the Vulcan register. You'd like to see the Vulcan register, you yeah. know? You know? Well, there'd just be a lot of single names and not really, wouldn't it? That's, well, that's what I like to see. You like to see single, single names. names. You must love Sheridan. Oh, yeah. And Madonna. Uh, only written down. No, you don't like to listen to them? No. Do you like to listen to single names? No. no I just so, like to see them. Right. You don't, so you don't like it when I say sure, but when you no. see it written down, you oh, like that? Oh, yes. Just, just written down and that's it. There was another good moment, I think, as well. Uh, Did that involve a phone call, yeah? I also involved a phone call. Do you, you do like your phone, do you like your single names written down on phone calls? Yes. Astrid was amazing on the phone calls, but uh, yeah, I did, I did like it when uh, when she she was talking to the doctor, and uh, and he said that Jamie and Victoria will look after it, and then she hung up straight away. This was like early on, yes. episode one or two or something like that. Well, well, was it that, or or was it the more that that uh, Giles Kent said? Uh, she said her or Giles Kent said they wish. I think it was her said she'd meet a disused jetty, and the doctor listening in from the background said a disused jetty, <coughs> which was a which, uh, which I liked as well. Which, yes, it was a good line from the doctor. Uh, the the Alex change. I don't think that was in reference to that because directly after that as well, the where Giles Kent he says that well look what you've uh, you you've uh, you've upset her with that remark that you've just made in reference to the uh, <laughs> Jamie and Victoria will look after. Her. Yeah, he did, and I couldn't understand why saying Jamie and Victoria would look after you would upset her. She, well, I can. She, well, she, I can. She, to be honest with you, yes, I can. She saw Jamie and Victoria, and she was upset about it. <laughs> Okay. Oh. I won't be upset. I'll be happy for Jamie and Victoria to look after Well, Jamie, but maybe not Victoria. She's a bit. Uh... I don't know. She could cook a meal for me. <laughs> what kind of what kind of meal would she cook? <laughs> would it be soup, main course, and dessert? What would that be the specifics of her meal? I think, as she said, uh, soup, fish, meat, and pudding. Yeah, that, that's that's as vague as. <laughs> he asked her for the the the, uh, the the chef asked her for a menu or sorry a menu, and she said soup, fish, meat, pudding. Yeah, it was like, and he seemed impressed by that. So. Y- yes. Which um, is, which and is, then asked her for a recipe for soup, mish, feet, and pudding. Mish, feet, and pudding. <laughs> It's not so much the feet, it's, it's, the, it's the mish that I'm creeped <laughs> What's mishka? I don't know what it is. Name three things about mish. It is made from the, the ground-up residue of uh, feet. Yeah. With peas. Peas, yeah. And uh, with a bit of soy sauce. A bit of soy sauce. Interesting yeah. how I asked you to say something about mish and you wouldn't. And then I asked you to tell me three things about a mish and you told me them. <laughs> well, I, I, that's I'll, the I'll way to, it goes. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, and also another thing about Victoria. It's also what we're having tomorrow, Gaff. Mish. Yes. Mish, mish feet pudding. <laughs> oh, mish feet pudding. That's a different style. I thought we were going to have pizza. Well... 
uh, until I until I grilled one of them to death. <laughs> Yes. It's not my fault you don't like grilled pizza. Actually, I could have grilled pizza. It's it's just mm. not the best. <laughs> there was another bit where Dory was like, uh, "I must know where we are to the doctor." So, sorry, you must know. Uh, yes. You you little, you little. Maybe she's got tired of not knowing where she is. Oh, maybe she's, she's got, maybe she's maybe she's just uh, maybe she's antsy about it being Africa because as we know, in yes. continuity, yes. she doesn't like Africa. Yeah. I must know that we're not in Africa. <laughs> Please do not say we're in Africa anywhere but Africa. I think you're onto something. She, she's uh, well, she is a Victor. She is quite high up in the Victorian ladder. <laughs> is there a Victorian ladder? I don't know. If there is one, she's high up it. She is high up it. <laughs> Ironically, she doesn't like heights, so if you put her on top of a, of a giraffe in Africa, she would not be happy. Oh, she would be mental. <laughs> mental? Yeah. <laughs> she would go mish-mental. No. No. That, that's just silly. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I said Mish is a food. <laughs> mental is a state of mind. Okay, moving on then. <laughs> Who's, uh, who's this Giles Kent fellow? Giles Kent fellow well, is the guy that the that wanted the Doctor to take down Solomon. Uh, yes, he, to, yes, yes. He, he was the and then it turns out Astrid's leader. Yeah, and then it turns out he's the villain along with Salamander. <clears throat> but there's a point where Salamander says to him, you're very tiresome to him. And he says, oh, I'm going to be more than tiresome. And I just thought... What, so you're going to be sleepy then? Is, is that what you mean? <laughs> maybe he means he's going to chloroform everybody. What, literally everybody? Yeah. In the world? Everybody in the world. Oh, everybody in the So case. he literally would be the enemy of the world. He, he's going to sabotage the, the sun. He's going to what? Sabotage the sun captures, captures and, and chloroform everybody. In, in the world? In the world. Does he have enough chloroform for that? I'm sure he's been saving up for many, many years. I would not be surprised if he had that much. I've sold him enough. He still hasn't paid me the bastard. But And yet you have trouble sleeping sometimes. Sleep? What's that? See, exactly. Why don't you keep some of the chloroform for yourself? That's what I'm saying to you. See, I, I would do that, but I keep forgetting. Uh-huh. Because you get more sleep, then you don't forget. It, it's a crazy cycle. It's, it's a crazy kind of show, but anything can go. So... F- Faria, Faria, so Faria, the uh, uh, well, the the, the, the token black person, the token black person. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about that. But Salamander's assistant, perhaps personal assistant, mm. shall we say? She's also his food taster as well. Yes, but many things. But she was a great character. Mm. It made it, it. What I'm saying is, it made a giant change from previous black characters who were basically mute. Yes. Here, here comes, here comes, basically, yeah. Who comes along? Mm. A black uh, woman, and she's got a great character. She's mm. one of the best characters in it. Yes, oh, only upstage by a uh, other boss. Who by the chef? Yes, the cook. <laughs> I don't know if the cook is her boss. Well, she. That's a bit of a weird relationship she has there. Mm. I think. But yes, I so she was uh, a pretty damn good character. Yes, I agree. Some great lines. 
She uh, tricked. Uh, she gave some food to some to this guy, and he I can't remember who it was. But uh, salamander ends up killing him anyway. But she gave this f- and, some food to this and, guy. And, and quite a pivotal part in the story. Isn't it? Yeah, it's just a shame she was killed off in the episode four. Well, as I said, quite an important part of the uh, proceedings. Yeah. I really wish I'd written you. more notes. Oh, no, yeah. All we have to say about her? <laughs> <laughs> she was good. We're moving on to that. We're, we're moving on to... We're moving on to Salamander's deputy, Mr. Man, as you call Benick, yes, which does sound like cough syrup. But there you are. I, I did like Benick. You like Benick? Yeah. Camp Benick, as he's also known. Was he? <laughs> he he didn't seem a bit I, bit calm. He 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 had that calm insaneness about him. Milton, I think it's Milton Johns is the guy that plays him. Not Milton, Milton jo- not Milton Jones. Not the comedian. Not the comedian Milton Jones, no. <laughs> Who I'm going to see later this year. Uh, no, Mrs. Milton Jones. He's also in a few other Doctor Who's. We do. Yes, he was in the Android Invasion and the Invasion of Time. He likes his invasions, don't he? <laughs> you say that. Uh, he does. So pitted. But he's not in the uh, second Doctor story, The Invasion. Which is that one? That's from the future. I don't know. From the future? From the future. Zoe's in it. Um, and Cyberman. Which Cyberman? Is Robert the Cyberman? I do hope so. Oh, yes, he's definitely <laughs> in it, actually. I've just thought. Excellent. It's also one where it was the first one they did, which had two missing episodes, and they animated them. You do like your animated episodes, don't you? Yeah. Especially with the drawn on beards. <laughs> Although this one they had more, I think they had better budget than the uh, newer animated ones. Oh, they have real beards. Yeah, they 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 they've drawn the characters and then they uh, they put when they're when they're animating it, they just put real hair on them. See technology these days. Anyway, we so, haven't even talked yes. about Benick yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I it did it did I did like one of the lines they were saying. Was quite amusing. Uh, it was talking to Jamie. Was it? It was supposed to be saying, uh, "You've got plenty of spirit," but the way he said it, he was, "You've got spit, plenty of spit." <laughs> no, I think he knew precisely what he was saying. Actually, given his character, I think he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was calm. But I didn't mention that. And uh, and it's not quite Dennis himself, but. Uh, Dennis. De- Dennis. Uh, Benick, sorry. Yeah, Benick. Not quite himself, but, but when he when his guard uh, broke into the room. Broke into the room? When he was smashing uh, the guy's room up. Yep. It was a caravan, I believe. Yes. The caravan. That's it. He was smashing a caravan up uh, and using his gun and that. He was using his gun to smash plates. And things and I said I am not touching anything of his with my hands that's yeah. all I thought so when the guy when they when they no this was when uh, smash his place up oh do I have to use my hands no yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to use my gun I'm gonna... but it was like uh, yeah Benick came in with a guard to uh, threaten him or whatever and he, and he got his guard to walk around and smash some cutlery up yeah it was just really 
that's how you're going to threaten someone just smash some cutlery up with your gun. Yeah. You might as well have said it'd be a shame. Nice cutlery you've got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Yeah. Oh, look. Ain't dead. <laughs> what a shame. How can I possibly repay you? So, Dennis. Is very inconsiderate of him. Yes, Dennis, then. No, sorry, Dennis. Dennis, yeah. Who I mentioned earlier. Dennis the Minish. Yeah, at one point he. Uh, yeah, he was talking to a salamander, uh, and he goes to him and goes, uh, I believe you sufficiently to want to check the facts, so you don't believe in them. No, yeah. but it's a good thing to say to people, I think. It almost sounds like you believe them. It didn't get past me, and I'm sure it didn't get past a man like uh, Salamander, the ruler of the world. He wasn't the ruler of the world. He, he wanted to be. He wanted to be the ruler of the world. It, it was almost there. I didn't tears for fears want to rule the world. Anymore. But what held him back was uh, not realising that somebody saying that I believe you sufficiently to want to check the facts was actually uh, not believing him. So that's held him back from ruling the world? Yeah. I see. Yeah, and then there was the point where uh, when they were guarding him in the corridor, in, instead of using uh, a prison cell, because obviously they've seen the previous episodes, nobody uh, stays in a prison cell long, everybody escapes. So they decided this time, we're going to keep him in a corridor. That's, what, what, that's what? the safest place ever. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to escape anyway, so why bother putting him in, in a jail? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep him in the corridor yeah. and give him like nice food and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and a book to read. Which book did they give? Oh, I can't remember. It was quite an intelligent book, as I recall. Was it? No, it what, wasn't that. What? What? No, tell me. Was it Stephen Hawking's uh, brief history of time? Yes, you're right. It was thirty years before it's published. Yeah. they used it in a Doctor Who episode. Yep, you're right. This is time travel. For me. I assume you've read that book. I have read it. It's, it is a very good book. Is it a good book? I believe so. Did you understand it? I understood most of it. So 51% of it? Some of it. I understood it. Did you understand most of it or some of it? Some of it. Some of it. So you didn't understand the majority of it? Uh, not at the time, no. Which is why I should go back and reread it because I understand a bit more now. So you say? Yes. I do. So the best character, the cook? Yes. The most awesome character there's ever been in Doctor Who yet. <laughs> He, he pronounces as I as I inferred earlier, or did I imply? No, I infer you imply. He, uh, I inferred earlier that he talk, calls menus menus. No, you imply. Implying of or implode. In fact. Schadenfreude. Uh, yeah, he calls because of menus for some reason. But uh, yeah, he is the best thing in this for some reason. But he's not in it very much. Yes, not in it enough at all. He, he should have his own spin-off. I would gladly watch a spin-off of the cook. But he was just—I don't know—he was just a just pessimistic character, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he was just saying things like, uh, "Like his mother wanted him to be a dustman." That shows you it. He's uh, upbringing to start. <laughs> <laughs> if, if his lot in life is to be. Ultimately, a dustman. A dustman? Yes. Not a dustbin man. No. Not a dustman. 
Yeah. <laughs> or just to go around dusting things. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is what you're saying. I am yeah. not retracting anything I've said. <laughs> Everything I've said is fact. You see, God, I believe you sufficiently to want to check. The <laughs> I believe you, but you must. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was constantly saying stuff like, I'm going to go for a walk, but it'll rain. Probably rain. Yeah. 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 I'd write the menu. Uh, and uh, you'll have, you will have the starter followed by an earthquake. <laughs> then there was a guy. Everything that every does are centered around him is ends in disaster. And then there was and a guy shooting it. outside, and he was like, "The menu, the food's not that bad." <laughs> Anything more to say about the cook, Daniel? No. No. He wasn't in it very much. I didn't notice again. Uh, yet another story with weather control. Well, another ongoing uh, kind of yeah. Yeah, they, they had the sun collectors refocusing the sun on various parts of the earth, and so that was in there. So what you're saying, this is like Superman three. Is that what you're saying? It's all like Superman three. I have to get Superman three in every podcast, as I said in my uh, recent appearance. The second, the, the second Doctor is Superman three. Have you turned into a Dalek? <coughs> no, nah, I was turning into one. <clears throat> and then there was the fact uh, so the, they mentioned that, that it only takes two hours by rocket to go from EU to Australia yeah, indicating sort of technological advances indeed and stuff like that and, but there wasn't that much and, and, and the, the travelling around in sort of rickety old crappy helicopters and hovercrafts and things there, there weren't really that much. No, there wasn't. To no, show, it wasn't that, that, yeah. that advanced. Except they had rockets that they just travelled around in. Yeah, the dimension that you never saw. But you know, it, it could be that the only the rich get to travel that way, and the rest of everyone else has helicopters and hovercrafts. This is a fair point. Well received. I'd be stringing it a lot more, a lot more if it was like that. All right, and in this one as well, we we have yet another one of those. Uh, at the end of the episodes, the base explodes. Gotta love those endings. The Ice Warriors did that. One. I don't think it happened with that one. No, uh, yeah, this. Well, yeah. The, no, no, this one was one of the few where there wasn't a whole base under siege thing, though. It wasn't under siege, but it did. Did explode. The whole base did go exploded, though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it yeah it was another uh, another one of those. But yeah, this was one of the few that was like the moon base, basically. Mm. Which is, seems to be their model of things. From yeah, one. it seems like we can't think out when this, let's explode the base and get everybody out. It just seems to be becoming rather a bit of a cliche at the minute. Well, yeah, it is one of those things that they like doing. Mm. It's the new cave. <laughs> of which there is a cave in this as well. Mm. And another thing I liked in this one was the guns, which basically just were like sections of drain pipes that, that people carried around. Funny you should say that. We a bit carried, we a bit on end. They were massive things. I like walking around with cannons. Atomic cannons? No, not like that. You can't walk around with an atomic cannon. Drain cannons? Shit cannons. <laughs> well, that would soon stop you. <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's just not called for. <laughs> Do you repent your sins? Are you practicing for your new job as a bishop? Yes. How's, how's that going so far? I don't know. Have you repented yet? No. Yeah, it's not too well. <laughs> I'll let you know when I've got somebody to repent. Okay. Have you repented yet? Twice. <laughs> this is probably why it's not going well. And, uh, uh, and another bit that amused me. Because mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember who it was exactly. They, they were going to him. Uh, it was telling him off basically for not killing somebody, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, and he was like ordered not to or something. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It was I think it was ordered not to. And then he asked him, "Do you always obey orders?" Well, yeah, that's that's the whole thing about orders is they're yes. meant to be obeyed. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. You are fired. <laughs> but then, if he fired him, why would he obey that order? Being fired is not so much an order. It's a way of life. It's how I live my life. It's my life. You're listening to Drunken Time Travel. It's quarter past the hour. It's time for the beer interlude. And today we are drinking Cooper's Pale Ale. Tell us why we're drinking that one. Because this is an Australian beer. Yep. And they were in Australia for some period of time. Yes. In this episode. So there you go. So that's that. Did you guess correctly, boys and girls? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a competition now. Awesome. Please write in and tell us. <laughs> but don't listen to this bit. Oh, it's too late now. <laughs> so what do you think about the beer I have? Uh, is my opinion on this beer? Uh, yeah. Is it? I, I like this beer. You like it? I, I, I do like this I beer. I don't like it. Interesting. It seems to me... So, we're another stalemate. Very flat. Not much flavour to it. Well, to be fair, yours did explode all <laughs> over the floor. <laughs> Well, is that where all the flavour went? Well, that deserves some right for having the flavour at the top of the bottle. I don't know. It, it explains the flatness of it. Oh, I see. I think, I think it's quite tasty. It's, it might not be the most flavoursome of beer, but I think it is quite tasty. I've certainly had worst. Just because you've had worse doesn't mean it's good. But I don't like it. Well, that's, that's fine. But I'm just saying that's not a, that's not a, that's not a reason. And I agree. Alright. I win another philosophical argument with you. Ah, but do you win? I always or win. Do you lose? <laughs> right now you're just now you're just debating words in the dictionary. Yes. So it is literally. So this isn't getting a sticker either. Uh, apparently it's gonna, it's not. gonna be a while before we use up these stickers. <laughs> I I don't get it one but No god no, I'm not giving it a sticker. No. Apparently this is not worth it. No, we both have to agree. Otherwise, how will the people know? So yeah, this is an Australian beer. Cooper's Brewery did it. Mm. And it has sediment in it as well. I, I don't like that from my own beers. But, but don't worry, Gav. The sediment is completely natural. I, I would be worried if it wasn't. Also, the beer explodes on touch. If, if the back of the bottle told me the sediment is unnatural, I would then be worried. Would you? Yes. I would still drink it. I know you would still drink it. But I would be worried. So, goodbye, Cooper's 
Original pale ale. You did not make the grade. So the doctor. <laughs> the doctor then. Yes. I did like how we, uh, at the start of the episode, it, it, it came out and it was playing in the sea, laughing and joking around. Obviously, it pleased to see it's not ice in its solid state that, that it's been for the last 50 million episodes. Three. Oh, that's three. Three ice warriors. The, the Yeti the, one. The Yeti one, yeah. <laughs> Bummer was someone, that was it. Yeah. And wasn't there something else where they were cold as well? Yes. Oh, two minutes of Cyberman. Yes. In which there was ice as well. You were quite yes. right. Ah, oh, liquid water. Ah, uh, finally. And it would have been warm because it was Australia. Mm. Perhaps. Yeah, it depends on time of year, I suppose. Patrick Trotten wouldn't have been warm, but there you are. <laughs> Mainly because it's because it wouldn't be filmed in Australia. <laughs> and also it's freezing. And then when he was trying to explain uh, an helicopter to Jamie. Yes. Yeah, and he says it's a whirly bird. Yeah. It's he's... some kind of bird. Yeah. This, this is an advanced form of technology for Jamie. And he goes, oh, it's just primitive technology, he's calling it. He knows... From the uh, from the uh, flying beasts episodes, yeah, but, <laughs> but I don't. Jamie doesn't know about it. I don't get that. You see, in this one, there's there's a hovercraft comes over, and Jamie doesn't say anything about it yeah. whatsoever. No, he doesn't. And he gets in the helicopter, and then they talk about it. But the other the episode only a few episodes ago, he was like he was scared of the of the planes because they were flying beasties. Mm-hmm. I think. I, it was, it was just like an, uh, a sort of obvious attempt to try and generate some comedy from it. Uh, comedy. Yeah, but failed. <coughs> and then they did the old... I, I did like the, the previous episode reference they did in this one. Where the... Uh, <laughs> did you do a, do a stroke and then a right stroke as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote reference... And then put a put a forward put a put a forward slash or stroke, and then wrote stroke. Yes, apparently I did that. Do you also, after a full stop, write full stop? No, I'm stupid. <laughs> but yes, he was. He said he was out of touch because he was. They were on the ice. Yes, and because they were in the ice borders. You see. Yes. And then in the last episode. They said they didn't know anything about the thing because they were uh, they'd been in Tibet for a while. Yeah, but, but I, I like the 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 subtleness of this one. I wonder if they're going I to say anything We've we've been now out of touch with the world on ice, if you like. Okay. But yeah, I did like how uh, he it was defensive at the at the start of his uh, doppelganger. He was. He's, he's protective of his identity, if you like. Even though everybody told him was evil. But no, he's, he's probably got a good reason for it. He didn't say he had a good reason for it, he just didn't believe that he was evil. This is what I inferred from it. No, you implied I inferred. No, <laughs> I, I did it right that time. I infer, you implied. You couldn't let it go. Uh, you know, yeah, he took a while to be convinced that someone was evil. Any other time, it's just like, yeah, he's evil, I will destroy him. Well, he doesn't say that, because he's not the Terminator, but you know what I mean. Mm. 
And, and the fact that uh, his doppelganger can't be just a normal person, he has to be leader of the world, mm. or, or possibly the world. And, it, and the first yeah. Doctor... He's, it's not his, Steve Lagarde. His, yeah, his, yeah. His, uh, his doppelganger couldn't be just normal, it had to be a pivotal person in history. Because mm. that, that'd be a bit boring otherwise, wouldn't it? Although, I'd like to see that. Whatever, doppelganger was just Steve... Yeah. Dalek Steve. Yeah, Steve the Random Bodyguard number two. Funny you should say that. Um, Patrick Trotton's son played a guard in episodes five and six. An extra or, extra or something like that. Did he indeed? Random fact for you there. What, was it actually that random? Did you say that? <laughs> it was? I don't believe you. It was highly coincidental if it was random. Well, if you don't believe me, you should act, you should say uh, I don't believe you, but I'll uh, have to examine the facts or something. I don't believe you, and I'm not going to examine any facts. I'm just going to say you're wrong. You are wrong, and it's also a good job that the uh, the press conference wasn't live when uh, when the when the doctor first showed up. Is that because it would have been quite obvious that he wasn't at the place yeah. at the time? Yeah. Essentially. It was a good move. <laughs> it was a good move from who? The, the scripting <laughs> side of things. I, 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 no, I think, I'd, I think I'd just like to see how it would have progressed if the press conference that they showed the Doctor was live. No, you see, Jared Kent had recorded it on his TV. Yeah, I know. I'd just like to see how the story would have progressed if that was live and then is. then is. What bodyguard? And that is the bodyguard. What? What? What did he do? His what? What did he do? The, the guy. The, the, the head of security. The came. head of security. That's him. I was calling him bodyguard, but head of security. Yeah. 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 If if he'd have walked in, and saw the doctor, whilst that thing had been live, that that would be interesting. I'd I'd like to see how it's progressed from there. It's it's not very interesting, and but yeah. I I imagine fisticuffs. And yeah, we're talking about a mesh pie. Yeah, and the doctor also says at one point, um, I think he finds the smashed. He finds somebody that's broken, and he's like, uh, people spend all their time making nice things, and people come around and destroy them. I quite like that. One. Like crockery. Like crockery, dreams, hearts, bacon, bacon, broken bacon, yeah, and pieces, mountains, and pieces, P- pizzas, mm, and beer. I didn't destroy the beer. I didn't destroy the, it. The beer did it all by itself. So the beer is sentient, though. Can you know that? I'm going to enjoy this all the more. Knowing that it's sentient. <laughs> yeah, I did like how the Doctor was being a bit of a bastard. When he uh, was still pretending to be Salamander when he went back to where Jamie and Victoria. That was a fantastic scene. Do you not think so? I I agree. Mm. Well, I kind of agree, but there is a, there was a point to it. He was kind of convincing uh, Bruce or whatever his name was that uh, that he can be he can oh, yeah. convince people that he's Salamander. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but I'm sure he quite enjoyed it. Mm. Until he was going to get smacked around for <laughs> by Victoria because she didn't know where they were. Yeah. Are we in India or what? <laughs> oh, you've moved it then. Do you want me to make the letters bigger? No, I can't be bothered with that. Mm. 
Um, I, I do like that the Doctor referred to the TARDIS as a, it's a house we live in. Yeah, it, it, it makes a change from uh, saying... Well, oh, it's, oh, it's a time travel. Time, yeah. <laughs> <Mama's> gone, though. <laughs> I, I miss the old days. <laughs> no, I don't. And also, when we were talking about the hovercraft, mm. there was a guy on it called Curly, but it, it, uh, it annoyed me there was no one called Larry or Mo. Maybe there were, but you didn't know. But we didn't meet them. Yeah. They were underground. Un, un... What, in the sea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were under sea. Under the sea. There'll be, there'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans mm. under the sea. And when they arrive, Jamie, uh, Jamie goes to the doctor and says, uh, where are we? Shirley's been there uh, with the doctor long enough that he, he has no idea where he is. Didn't he demand to know where they were? No, she demanded, didn't she? Yeah, I know. Victoria demanded. But Jamie uh, just wanted to know. But moving on to Salamander then. Yeah. Tell me about Salamander again. To say he's such a uh, intelligent bloke, isn't he, yeah? Wasn't it? It was, it was quite confusing. He could, he could string a sentence together, is that what you're saying? Yeah, he, he, he could not string a <laughs> sentence together. Nothing that you would ever catch me against doing. Against so, doing? Yes. <laughs> but he did say, I don't say it will happen, I say it's going to happen. Can you explain the difference there to me? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with that one. But he had a proper go to one of his well, guards from that. Well, well, yeah, I don't say it will happen, I say it's going to happen. And then mm. well, there, was other, there was another thing he said that was like that, I think we mentioned earlier. And then there was the whole, uh, he talked about a volcano, he said a volcano is a, is a sleeping man, ready to wake, or whatever. And it was just like, so a volcano is a sleeping man, that's, that's just great. If a volcano is a mm. sleeping man, yeah. what's an earthquake? A, a, a sleeping man with nasal problems? Is it the earth farting? Is it the earth farting? I can imagine you saying at the end of uh, the last question on who wants to be a millionaire. Did I win? You won all the money. I hey, do you remember that? Do, do, you remember, do you remember the who wants to be a millionaire where the guy coughed after all the right answers? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How did they ever... Th- <laughs> <laughs> Basically, there was a guy uh, who he had a friend in the audience, and he was and he had, was doing the questions, and he, would, and he would repeat all he would repeat the yeah. answers, what you know, while yeah. he was thinking about it, and the guy in the audience would cough after the a, correct after answer, a correct answer. Yeah. You know what that that makes me think? Surely the guy in the audience should have been doing the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> what if he didn't know the answer, really? I know. Presumably he was looking it up in his mobile phone or something Would he sneeze if he's not too sure? (laughs) (laughs) He would cough if if he was sure. Mm -hmm. If he he was like 60% sure, he would sneeze. Mm -hmm. And if he was like 30%, he would fart. Uh, That's an impressive talent. I thought so. Mm -hmm. He could probably make make more than a million pounds out of that talent alone. Yeah, Uh, maybe 800,000. No, maybe. X Factor, definitely a million. You, you reckon? I think so. I might try and learn that. I thought you could S- do it already. 
No, it, it's random when I do it. I have no control. Maybe if I can try and control it, I can rule the world. <laughs> Just like tears for fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh. Is that them? That's them, yes. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then I'm taking it out. <laughs> I know the song. I just don't know the song. So what were we talking about again? Uh, we seem to have drifted off there. Yeah, I believe you had something to say about Salamander's human collection. Ah, yes, his human collection. He had a collection of humans on the ground. Great. So like what, what are we doing now? Pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there were pets or something. I don't, I don't know. Is it? What what was he doing with all them people on the ground? Right, they explained it, but it was stupid. Yes, exactly. Right, Jazz can't. Stupid. Well, I told you earlier in the synopsis, but I'll remind you again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Giles Kent brought them down there as a part of a uh, experiment to see if people could endure living underground or something. I missed that bit. Right. I forgot about right. that bit. Yes. Right. Right. Go on. Yeah. And then he went away, and then Salamander came down and said the world had been obliterated mm. by nuclear bombs. So you are now my and pets. they were there to do all the natural disasters, to operate the machines to do the natural disasters. Yeah, because we'll do that, because that seems normal. And they did. Even, I mean, even the, the, after uh, Salamander had killed a guy, that guy, I can't remember his name, uh, yeah. the, the people underground still believe the radiation meter works. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's a lot of stupid people underground. <laughs> yes, there are. I think there was handpicked for their stupidityness. Yeah, for a start, they used words like stupidityness. Yes. <laughs> Don't question my word usage. Yes. I uh, believe your word usage is sufficiently to want to check the facts, Ken. I see what you did there. Yep. You failed. <laughs> I will win everything. So, uh, as you uh, mentioned, the, the guy at the end of the episode 5, he said it would have been so much better if he'd have said, as it sounds like he says, yeah, well, that well, he well, was she's, I think she says, uh, who who did this? And he's like, Salamander. But originally when I was watching it, I thought what had happened is he said... Uh, I'm Salamander, and it would have yeah. been much better. But it wasn't. It, it does sound hard. like it. Even though you know what he said, it sounds like he's saying that he is Salamander. It would have been so much better, yes. I don't know how to fit in with storyline, but. Well, fuck yeah, I've been twist. But it wasn't. No. They didn't do that. They failed. It would have been bizarre. They failed. <laughs> they failed to do that. Salamander was very like Gustav Graves from Die Another Day. Which one's he? Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you've already told me. <laughs> I've already told you this. And I, and I forgot again. The one with the guy from Korea. Oh, the one with the ice thing. It's the ice palace. Yes. Yes. Yes, got it. Gustav yes. Graves was a guy with the plane on the sun collector that made a laser beam. Yeah, I do you I've see? Do you see? Do you I, see how I, similar I, I, it is? I see the similarities. Yes. See, it, the it good only thing, took a little bit of nudging that time. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But the good thing about the enemy of the world is it didn't have Madonna singing the theme. That's always a good thing. Yeah, 
Although you could just turn the sound off and just when it says title song sung by Madonna, you, 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 you could just smash a bottle around your head for five minutes. No, no, Gav, don't you remember mm. you you liked one word uh, people? So you could just you could turn them turn the sound off and just watch it say Madonna in the titles, and you could be you could be excited by that. Yeah, I could be, but yeah. I, do I, do, I, do I try and remember what your traits are. I might miss the start of the episode then. Oh, so the, 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 the problem is that Salamander and the Doctor, when they meet, it's it's like in the last five minutes of, of the final episode. Which was a good scene as well. Which I suppose was longer than... Because the Doctor never met the Abbey, the Abbot of Bonnois, or whatever his name was. In uh, the Reign of Terror? Did they never, no, they didn't mean, did they? Oh. So I suppose it's one off on that. Maybe uh, the third Doctor will get a whole episode with his Doctor. Doctor Ganger. Doctor Ganger, I don't know. I don't think the third Doctor has a Doctor Ganger. We'll make him up. Fourth Doctor does. Fifth Doctor definitely does. Does it? I can't remember. Sixth Doctor does, but he doesn't meet him. They're not even in the same episodes. Sixth Doctor's Doctor Ganger uh, shot the Fifth Doctor in one of his episodes. I can't remember this. I shall have to wait and see. Colin Baker played a different character before he even became the Doctor, basically. Yeah, no, I know. So that's that. Oh, that one, yeah, Obviously, oh, the seventh. So obviously, the seventh and eighth never had uh, Doctor Gangers. Um, that's not what I like to say. Well, the well, the eleventh did. Mm, that's about it, man. And at the end, uh, the Doctor sent uh, the Doctor Ganger into the time stream. Yes, didn't he? He threw him out of the doors whilst the whilst the TARDIS was travelling. He, he ended up in the vortex. Mm. And according to a new Doctor Who new adventure book from the 90s, Salamander survived. As you would. As you would survive in the vortex. Mm-hmm. Eaten by a vortisol. He what? Eaten by a vortisol. He was eaten by a vortisol. That, yeah. That's not surviving, that's being eaten. No, I know. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to remember <laughs> the name of the vortisol. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Charlie and the Doctor... They had a Vortisaur in the TARDIS in the first series for a bit. Didn't they? Yes. The audios, obviously. I can't remember them having a Vortisaur. Yeah, because I can't remember why. It was named after a Prime Minister. Please don't tell me names of Prime Ministers. No. <laughs> don't know. So this episode story was uh, directed by Barry Letts. So it was. Uh, he went on to produce all of the third Doctors. Is this is this his first one that he directed? Yeah. Yes, I think it was. Yes, this is his first Doctor Who that he directed. Yes, uh, it must be because I I have not typed his name as uh, the director yet in any of the <laughs> posts yet. So there you are. But he doesn't go on to direct any others until the third Doctor. And as I said, he produces all. So this is this is the first link with the third Doctor, kind of. And then the next story, there will be another link with the third Doctor. The tedious one? No, not really. I like 
bacteria. It's quite a substantial one. But we'll get to that then. And they, they were, there was, they used some footage for the, uh, the helicopter in this yes. episode that exploded. They used footage from, from Russia with love for that, which links in quite nicely. So did they actually use the footage for it? Yeah. You know the footage we saw in the reconstruction? Yeah. They had that in the actual story, which, which works out no. quite well because it's very James Bond anyway, with helicopters and, that Astrid would seem like a Bond girl and all that kind of thing. They should have used more James Bond footage. They should have done. What, like, Do just just all the James Bond footage? Yeah. Would you rather watch just a James Bond movie? Just use all the James Bond footage. <laughs> yeah, just rework all the Bond footage. A bit like with uh, C-Lab 2010. <laughs> is it, the, is the it 2010? I think, is it? I'm pretty sure it's not. What is it? I don't know, it's not 2010. Whatever it is, then. See, love, whatever the fuck it is. 2021? 2021, that's it. <laughs> Where did 10 come from? Your brain? So, cave count, there's one more. Yes, one more cave. So now the, uh, now the, now the title count cave thing is 17 episodes with caves. Yeah. So well done, all concerned. So shall we move on to our quotes then? Yes, my quote is Astrid and the Doctor talking about what kind of doctor he is. And what kind of doctor was he, Gav? I shall. Shall we find out I've, now? We shall find out thusly. Do you know how to use those things? Oh, don't worry, the doctor will fix you up just fine. Oh, you're a doctor? Well, not of any medical significance. Doctor of law? Philosophy? Which law? Whose philosophies, eh? Oh, I see. You're determined to be mysterious. Um, doctor of science? Septic spray, that should be all right. A doctor of divinity, then. You'll run out of doctors in a minute. Well, that's that cleared up. Yep. And, and who's in, in your uh, quote? And for mine, I'm, I'm going to have to take a selection from, uh, from, from the cook. A selection? Yes. Well, it, it, it's one. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> as long as I don't have to do more work than necessary. Uh, it, it, it's just, well, just, here is the Coke. Did the, you ever get a selection box at Christmas and it, and it was just like, and they just gave, did you just, Dad just give you one chocolate bar in a shoe box and tell you that was a selection box? No. I am not you. Oh, thank God for that. But here, here is the Coke selection box thing. Does How's the food? Terrible. Terrible. I'll get the sack tonight, I swear I will. Maybe they'll shoot me. I won't have to worry anymore. No, they wouldn't do that. The firing squad would miss me. That was, uh, that, that was Dusley, yes. as you said. Yes, there you go. The best character there's ever been in Doctor Who. It's not the best character there's ever, ever. been in Doctor Who. Ever. Better than the Doctor. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Better than Ian. <laughs> yes. Better than Ian. Yes. Oh, cool. Finally. So I said the best character ever in Doctor Who. I did like your pause. <laughs> so, final mm. thoughts on the episode. What, what, what are your final thoughts? No, I enjoyed this one. 
Did you enjoy this one? Yeah, I had. I, I did like the themes of this one. It's what the da, da, da. yeah. Da, da, da. I no. quite liked it. No, I, I, I have to say I, I, I liked enjoyed, the last one better. I enjoyed the the progression of the story in this one. It would have been better, as I said, if uh, Salamander and the Doctor had met more. Mm, possibly, but they did have the cooks so, oh. and and they didn't have the whole stupid underground people bollocks with their with their tedious reason for being down there. That that bit was a bit tedious, but if they cut that out and only had four episodes, that would be good. But I I, I did like how sort of it was like revealed that that was like halfway through, and stop looking at me hands. <laughs> <laughs> stop moving them then. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, I did like the progression of the story. As I said, it's it's bit by bit. And the reveal part of the story, and I thought it was an interesting story and interesting things happening with a lot of good characters as well in the story. As as I mentioned before, the cook, the uh, was it Benick, the guy I thought he was good. Yeah, Salamander was good. Farrell was good. I just I just thought there was quite a, a lot of good things about this story. As with most Doctor Who's, it was probably a bit long. They could have shortened it down. I think the main thing is it was a bit long. Yes. But I thought this was a good story. All right, then. Epistory. Next time, you're doing the DTT Science on Earthquakes. Yes. And then following that, you're uh, doing the synopsis to the Web Fear. I hope it's not them fucker from the Web Planet. So, uh, our quote for this time is... From Charles M. Schultz, who says, Don't worry about the world coming to an end today. It is already tomorrow in Australia. Remember, you can go on iTunes to get our stuff, and please validate our existence by rating, commenting, or liking it. Please do, because I know you're not. <laughs> do it! Now! Stop what you're doing and do it now. Well, don't stop what you're doing. Well... Well, you might stop this podcast, you see. Well, well listen we Listen say, to the next 30 seconds of this and then do it. And we're doing very important things, don't forget when this goes. Happy sleep time, everyone. Happy sleep time. Well, we're back. Again? Again. The end of the what? show. Why, what the hell happened there? Well, what happened was... It's drunken time travel, guy. Literally. Uh. Literally, literally. But yes, we're back because they found some episodes. And one of them happened to be this one, the Enemy of the World. The one that we're doing? So the one we did. How awesome was that? So we got to watch it again, but actually watch it this time. And we'll be doing that again with the next one, The Web of Fear. So we'll go into more about the episodes being found next time. Will we? Yes. Okay. I promise you that. Unless I die. Uh, so yes, this just reminded me of the uh, first thing I was going to mention was uh, that mm-hmm. there was a Troughton Years video back in the 90s. Uh, well, they only had episode 3 then, of course. I remember watching it at the time. It was 20 years ago, young Gavin, watching episode 3. And 20 years later, we've got the entire story. 
so I was nice. just quite pleased. I that. wasn't watching it 20 years ago. No. Don't want to know what you were doing 20 years ago. I don't even know myself. Don't know what I was doing 20 minutes ago. So, well, I don't want to know what you were doing 20 minutes ago. So basically, yes, we watched it so with seeing the episodes as opposed to blurring pictures. As opposed to not we seeing had, the episodes. We had more things to say in it. So here we are, those things are dustly. Dustly they are. First thing. Yes. Comedy point. Comedy point. Yeah, I really did like the uh, the shot of the woman pushing the pram. When was that? Yeah. That was when was that now? When they were when they were going to rescue the people, weren't they? When they were going to lead a lead a escape, and there were guards outside or something like that. And there was yes, a, some random eyes. woman pushing a pram around them. Yes. Uh, so I thought for a second I was getting confused with the next episode. <laughs> Uh, See, it's time travel again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that was it. They, they just had a random uh, overall shot of uh, the guards in there, and they just had this woman pushing a pram past him. Yes, it, it was it, like, yeah. It was. It seemed very much like the woman out of Monty Python pushing the pram. To, what one of, <laughs> one, of the, one of the Monty Pythons in, in drag pushing? Yes. <clears throat> It very much reminded me of that. Well, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it actually was. Well, now, now people can see the episode, maybe they might find out. But yeah, you can definitely see how much more physical Patrick Troughton is. I mean, we can see in other episodes, but just... To, well, the difference between seeing episodes that don't exist and then do for William Hartnell is a lot different than Troughton, because he just does a lot more with his... He's like running around and physical comedy. Mm -hmm. Like when he was playing in the sea as well. Yep. He was like you, you had to imagine that, but then you got to see him splashing around and then and diving and jigs things. and yeah. It was, that was just quite funny. Fun. And there was another nice bit we saw, but was a, there was a shot of the helicopter. The camera was on the helicopter as it took off, so you got to see the people shooting at it from above looking smaller and smaller. Mm. From the helicopter's very, point of view. Yeah. POV. Which is yeah. very, uh, not really something you expect to see in Doctor Who, to be honest. Not really something you'd yeah. expect to see in TV, very static shots normally, but that no, was quite... Yeah. Not, not really. I expect to see a static shot with some text scrolling <laughs> underneath it these days. Yes, it's like watching Muse 24, isn't it? Another good thing was... Uh, there was that scene on the reconstruction where there's just that ringing in the background <laughs> for like five minutes and there's just we nothing just didn't happening. know what it was. <laughs> yeah, apparently that, was, that seemed to be some kind of alarm. <laughs> yeah. But it was the most complicated lift scene you've ever seen. <laughs> yes, it was, like the, it was like the tunnel Bond villain lift thing, wasn't it? Yeah, you had, you had to flick loads of contraptions somewhere to open a secret door. This contraption slides out, he has to climb on, the contraption folds over, slides back and then goes down as a lift. <laughs> what? Yeah, more, more shit that you missed with that. Yeah, look at all this stuff you're missing. Well, it's, uh, it's great to see. And I'm telling people to see it. Yeah. They're missing see it. the stuff. I mean, it's on iTunes, it's quite easy to get. That's Enemy of the World, iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and then uh, we got to see more of uh, the great character of uh, and and her death scene and that was much more and more to it than 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 was on with the picture and the text yeah it's you, you just get, there's generally a jet and deaths and chefs. There's a Jeff there's scene. There's a Jeff scene. Yeah. We've received a little lot of Jeff scenes. But you, you can't really tell what's happening. Can you? you you get the gist of what's happening, but you just don't see it. You know, like that. But, but it was like when that other guy who faked, faked his death and he spread jam on his head. Yes, Kent. Yeah, I didn't even know he'd faked his death originally. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Ferrari's death scene it was just much much better for her because I mentioned earlier, or how many weeks ago it was now, that her death was much better. Her, no, her death wasn't. Her character was so great, and then it just seemed she was killed off quite suddenly in the fourth part. But she did have a good good death scene where she was uh, refusing to cooperate, and then hilariously that guy did say, "I'm sorry, but you should have stopped." She's she's dying. I'm sorry. You should have stopped. Really, the rules. And another thing I did really like about this one was getting to see more of uh, Jamie and Victoria as well. And them two, I thought they worked together quite well in this one. Yes, we have a question about the companions, which we'll uh, get to for the web of fear. So is that it for this uh, story then? Yep, that's it for the story. Next week is. Earthquakes and, sci and science that you're doing, I believe. Yes. And you will, I, and you will I, do again, that's the beauty I, of it. I have done it. I will do it again. I will forever be doing it. Yes, you're caught in a temporal time loop. And just before we go, just a reminder about uh, the, the cover for last week's, not last week's, last three weeks. The, the Ice Warrior the story. <laughs> yes, the Ice Warrior one. Yeah, the last one. Uh, yet again, uh, Maynard Art and Design did uh, a cover for us, and there was an actual drunken Ice Warrior for the cover, which was awesome. So if you'd like to go and check that out, and check him out on Facebook as well, that'd be great. I will do. And I hope you will too. So... Uh, uh, happy sleep time, everyone. Yeah. Happy sleep time. For for reals this time. I promise. You can go. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs>